lane, 15-10, touchdown Chargers! What's up guys, we are back with a week 15 episode of Chargers Weekly, presented by Microsoft Surface, as always joined by Matt Money-Smith. Money, again, my uh, my setup, you know, show your Surface time. Sure. It's here. It's here. Uh, mine is, uh, I used it yesterday. We were on remote at, uh, for Petros and money. And so I think it might be in the front room cause I had to use it on remote. There you go. So, um, yeah, love it though. I talked, I talked about it in the broadcast as a matter of fact, when we were asking why it was taking so long for the review on, on Mikey Davis's interception. And I said, you know what, maybe they just want to promote the Microsoft service a little bit more. I love mine so much because clearly this is a very easy call to make. I don't yeah. know what's taking, Cleet Blakeman, Philip Rivers' favorite referee, so long to uh, to come to this decision. Maybe he's just trying to stick it to Philip because he knew he was in the building. But uh, yeah, that was my answer. Uh, a little bit of extra advertising for Microsoft Surface, since I appreciate mine so much. Yeah, unfortunately, one of the few highlights in that game, that Michael Davis interception at the beginning. Chargers lose twenty four seven, five and eight. Not the podcast that I, I think we want to be doing. Money on a Tuesday, doing this no. early because of Thursday night football. And we just got the news that Justin Herbert will be placed on injured reserve, getting surgery on that finger. So uh, a tough season makes it just a little bit tougher today. Yeah, it goes from bad to worse. And I, I can only imagine the uh, the tone from Al Michaels, who is never shy about sharing his disappointment in the matchups that he's been scheduled to call. I'm always thankful to call an NFL game, but I guess when you – have the resume that Al Michaels has, and you've had the career that he has. He's, I, I guess it's okay for him to be a, a little less ju- a little judicious bit. when sharing how he feels about the two teams that are playing on the field. But instead of Justin Herbert versus Jimmy Garoppolo and a, a classic Raiders uh, Chargers showdown, you're going to get Easton Stick versus Aiden O'Connell. And I'm excited. I'm excited for the opportunity. Uh, I, I have, I've shared it on here before. I'm sure if I haven't shame on me, Easton's one of my favorite guys on the team has been since he was drafted. He's as good a person as you'll be around. And I'm very excited for this opportunity for him. I hope chargers fans are as well, just knowing what he's meant to the development of Justin Herbert, how selfless he's been. Um, he, he could have left, uh, he absolutely could have left for a, a better potential opportunity this offseason, but really enjoys being in that quarterback room with Justin and recognizes his role. And you're talking about a guy that's a four-time national champion at, at FCS Nodak State, the Bison, and, and someone that, you know, passed for nearly 10,000 yards and over 80 touchdowns and rushed for nearly 5,000 yards and 41 more. And is still out there trying to make Justin Herbert the, the best player he can be. So I'm I'm excited for these four games for Easton, and I'm very hopeful he can make himself a lot of money here and do some great things with the Chargers. You know, Muddy, I was just thinking about a week before what could have happened on Sunday would have made this game really interesting, right? They had the Chargers beating the Broncos, and uh, the Raiders not put up a goose egg at home against the Vikings, and both win your six and seven, and everybody's real jumbled up, and – it's a, it's a rivalry game, like you said, Justin Herbert versus probably Aiden O'Connell at that point. And, and just what a difference one game can make in the NFL. Uh, the Chargers really uh, essentially eliminated from playoff contention Sunday, you know, going to five and eight, not having your franchise quarterback. Um, this last quarter of the season, uh, the, the mind shift kind of changes, right? And, you know, we're kind of looking forward to 
who do you want to see? Who do you want to see develop on this roster going into 2024? And I think Thursday, you mentioned Easton Sticks going to have a four game sample size of regular season football. And it kind of starts with him. You know, what can he do with that, whether he is back here next year or, or elsewhere? Yeah, it does. And and again, I, I, I would be so I'll start with the schedule. I, I think the good thing is you have a chance to attack your division. You have a chance to sweep the Raiders. You want to beat the Raiders every time you see them. Let's sweep them, you know, get that sweep this season, humiliate them, damage them, you know, make sure Antonio Pierce has nothing but a miserable experience the remainder of his interim head coaching tenure. Um, make them question whether or not Aiden O'Connell is the guy and that maybe they have to dip back into the draft for another quarterback. I do all of that on Thursday. And, and then the following week, ruin the Buffalo Bills. Go out there and, and knock off the Bills in prime time on a standalone game on Saturday night on Paramount Plus, the streaming service, and get that victory and, and knock them out of the playoffs. And then after that, make sure the Broncos get knocked out of the playoffs. Because they're the Broncos, and and they ended your season, you know, not mathematically, but certainly dealt you a, a darn near death blow. So go ahead and ruin theirs in that game. And then what better way to to finish off the season than making sure the Chiefs don't have the number one seed? Uh, hopefully there'll be another controversial call from a referee so Patrick Mahomes can act like a petulant child in front of the nation again. <laughs> I mean, what a absolutely ridiculous display of bad sportsmanship that was. Uh, let's do that again. Let's ruin Darius Tony. Why don't we start with Darius Tony, right? Like instead of the referee. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, I, I, obviously we all love him. He's an incredible player and he's so fun to watch. And and we've been on the wrong side of that so many times. So it's going to sound like sour grapes coming in this space, but it's just, I I wish someone would have been able to grab him and say, you got to stop. This is a bad look, man. Like that there's, it's, not to mention your your left tackle, your right tackle is lined up. You know, it, it should have been an illegal formation. He's so far back, you know. And and so I think it's just someone needed to grab him and say, you've got to chill out. This yeah. is not okay. The guy was offsides. So what if you don't like the call, if you never see the call? He's a ha- – anyway. So, Muddy, I, I guess we can go back to the Broncos game quickly. You know, one for 18 on uh, third and fourth down. Uh, you, you lose time of possession, you lose your your franchise quarterback in the first half. And I, I think this has kind of been the theme of the season, right? Just not connected in all three phases. And the result you get is losing uh, another game, dropping a five and eight. And, you know, again, playoffs probably out of the conversation at this point. So, yeah, you know, I think the, the unfortunate part of it is that we've talked about complimentary football and ultimately that's what happened is you had a defense that played really well for the majority of the game, put you in a position to, to win with 21 points maybe. And you, the offense just couldn't, couldn't pick up a blitz, you know, they could not figure out how to stop an extra rusher, whether it was a a nickel, a corner, uh, a linebacker, a delayed blitz. They, They just, I'd never seen anything like it. You know, whether it was Josh Kelly missing a block, Trey Pipkins and Jamari Sawyer double, you know, doubling a, a, an interior lineman while a linebacker comes free off the edge. Uh, you know, Zion blocking with Slater on on a defensive lineman on the outside and allowing Browning to come running free up the middle. Like it was just one after another. It was, you know, and then just quarterbacks that, you know, 
for whatever reason, just A, didn't have a shot, or B, weren't aware that, hey, they're going to keep doing this. <laughs> this is working. This is a team that has 28 sacks on the season, and they've got six in this game. So I, I think it's – and they probably could have had more. You know, I mean, so many of those were just getting rid of the ball real quick right when you got hit. I mean, it was a disaster of a protection game. Um, offensively, the drops continue to be a major issue. You know, Keenan dropped that ball on the Broncos 30 on the first possession instead of being in field goal range. You're now punting after five plays. And then I, I like the idea of kicking a field goal there considering how well your defense had played the last two weeks and knowing that a lot of the Broncos' offense is running the ball, checking it down, and maybe the occasional deep shot, you know, like just kick the field goal. Um, but I'd have been proven wrong because Gerald Everett dropped the ball. It was a perfectly designed play. It was a perfectly thrown pass, and, and Everett couldn't survive the ground. So now you've got two drops that have taken at least 10 points, maybe 14 off the board, to start the game with zeros instead of, again, at least 10. And, and I don't know how to fix that because now it's been four weeks in a row. These pass catchers can't catch the ball, and that's, that's a major issue. Yeah, those are things that you can control too. I mean, the fact that Keenan is out there kind of without Mike Williams and Joshua Palmer and, and the running game has been – you know, let's go to the running game real quick because I, I see Isaiah Spiller getting the touches. It's just tough when you got three different guys – trying to get into a rhythm that they're really going to have to figure out. I think the last quarter of the season um, with kind of a lens towards 2024 is like, who's going to be on this team? Who do we need to see? And who can we develop in this backfield? And right now, again, I thought Spiller did okay with his opportunities, but if you want to see who, who he is as an NFL player, I think these last four games, could be a nice sample size for him, though. I don't think there's any question, Chris. You're going to yeah. see a lot more of him. And I thought he ran well. I thought he yeah. ran hard. He dragged defenders. He was able to hit the hole. You know, he found the openings. And, you know, I, I think I, I would be I would be very – the only thing I could see preventing that from happening, and I don't know, uh, you know, forgive my ignorance, I don't know exactly what Austin Eckler's incentives are. But if he has an opportunity to make a little bit more money, you know, the guys are always trying to help players do that. Sure. Um, so if that's the case, then you'd like to see Austin be able to pick up some, some cash for all he's done with this team, you know, over the past, over his career. But yeah, look, Josh Kelly's in the last year of his deal. Austin Eckler's in the last year of his deal. Isaiah Spiller's in the second year of his NFL career. I think it's obvious, you know, when you're talking about developing and looking forward, you, you certainly want to know. You, you absolutely want to know going into next year, do we need, what do we need at this position? Do we feel like we have a guy? in Joshua Kelly that we want to re-sign or in Isaiah Spiller that'll be going into year three of a four-year contract. So it certainly starts there. And and I think it's unfortunate that it's a short week, but and, and I was really surprised the way that they called plays in, in that second half with Easton Stick. I would have thought for sure, because we've seen enough RPOs. We know they're in the playbook. Like, to just have him repeatedly drop back and be a drop back passer, the, the the line couldn't block, and you're getting a ton of pressure. I was very surprised that we did not see more of Easton Stick as the runner, considering, you know, what his college career and a four time champion was built upon. I mean, 41 rushing touchdowns, and that goes to those two plays: the third and less than one, and the fourth and in inches. It's like I get it. I know that 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 Justin has struggled a little bit with the sneak. 
but this is Easton's bread and butter. I mean, the guy's got 41 rushing touchdowns. How many of those you think were quarterback sneaks on the goal line? I'd, I'd say probably 15, if not more of those 41 and countless others in the run game. This is someone who's comfortable with that contact is probably a lot better at getting low and getting a few inches when you're trailing 17-7 and, and trying to get something going. Maybe that changes uh, this this Thursday. We see some more RPOs. But you know what yeah. we did see? Kind of shades of, of August, the, the East and stick to Quentin Johnson combination. Right. His two best plays of the season, money go back-to-back, that, that big 50-plus yard gain, and then uh, got him on the slant the next play. And, again, we, we talked about Spiller. Quentin Johnson, man, I want – I don't want him to to leave the field for these next four games, right? G- get some confidence, um, get some more reps under your belt, and you know maybe that early connection with Easton Stick can can make him uh, a little bit more comfortable in a way. No doubt. Look, I think so much of it's confidence, you know, and and belief and trust. And and you're right, you saw that with Easton and Quinton in in training camp, and I think it goes a long way when you're going to run that route and you know that guy's going to be looking for you. You know, maybe you're just mentally a little more ready. So much it's so much of its concentration and mental. And to see him haul it in was a real highlight in in what was a very upsetting day, I think, for for Charger fans. But to put it in perspective, the guy's most productive game was against New England with fifty two yards. That was a fifty seven yard catch. That's, you know, how big of a play that was. And then you said it the very next play was his best catch of the season you know, to break his guy off on that in cut and leave him in the dust and then actually get his hands in front of him, snatch the ball in stride, didn't slow down, didn't gather in stride, snatch it and go. And now you got a first and goal. And then he flashed open. He busted his guy up on the route on the very next place and just didn't see him. He was wide open in the right corner of the end zone could have ended up having the touchdown that they cashed in with Austin Eckler a play later, but that's important. And that's, and I'll just say it here. You know, we're in the middle of talking about the Bronco game instead of, of waiting. But, like, that's what I think is so important for for Charger fans to to understand. If you finish 5-12, and 12, yeah, you got a shot at Brock Bowers. You got a shot at Kool-Aid McKinstry. I get it. But this team knew how to lose this year. They, they, they had a monopoly on figuring out how to lose games. Let's see if they can figure out how to win. I know the odds are stacked against them. You know, without Mike Williams, without Corey Lindsley, without obviously Justin Herbert, without Joey Bosa, I I get it. But let's see if they can figure out how to win, how to win and sweep the Raiders, how to win and ruin the season for the Bills and the Broncos and the Chiefs, and feel like this is their playoff. And who knows? At nine and eight, maybe the tiebreakers break your way. With that being the remainder of your schedule, those final three teams that are in the playoff hunt, figure out. It's so much more important to do that. And and just look at the way the draft, you know, laid out this past year. You know, Achan, Nakua, Thule in the second round, Darius Davis in the fourth, Young for the Rams in the third round is the leading sack artist, you know, as the leading sacker from the edge, you know. Like, don't get caught up in having the sixth pick instead of the 16th. The, the, the winning games – for young players, if it's Isaiah Spiller and Quentin Johnston and Dayon Henley and JT Woods, if it's those guys that are, you know, if it's a Quentin Johnston touchdown with 15 seconds left to win a game, if it's an Isaiah Spiller 100-yard game and a four-minute drill to close it out, if it's a Dayon Henley forced fumble when a team's trying, you know, when Josh Allen's trying to drive the Bills to win, 
that's going to go so much further than picking sixth instead of 20th. And that's what they've got to look at moving forward. A million percent, man. I, I think we get caught up in, oh, we want the highest draft pick possible. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. If you're picking in between, especially this year, if you're picking in between 7 and 15, it doesn't matter. There's going to be like five quarterbacks taken potentially in the first 12 picks. We don't know, but that's a position the Chargers certainly don't need. And to, to get caught up in whether you have the fifth pick or the 12th pick, guess what? Micah Parsons went right. well. For Sean Slater. And Slater went 13. Okay, Derwin, so, Derwin James, 17th. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't matter. you gotta you got to learn how to win games. You do, especially with a lot of these young players who haven't figured out how to win games. You know, a lot of these guys who are right. new that, that weren't on the team last year or even guys who were on the team last year, you have to you have to go through the process of winning. And it, it doesn't matter what 2024 looks like in terms of all, all the potential changes in, in really anywhere, uh, but you have to win. You have to figure out right. how to win. And, and I think it's important, like you said, to not only – get W's against uh, divisional opponents, but also develop these guys. And, you know, we talked about Quinton. We talked about Spiller. You mentioned Henley. I mean, man, give, give me all the Henley snaps here in the last right. four four weeks of the year. Uh, you know, if, if Thule has hit that, you know, kind of uh, you get to that week 12, week 13, where you're not used to playing ball, pro yeah. football, get over the hump. Let's see Thule finish the year strong. Yeah, Scott uh, Matlock. Scott Matlock. Yeah. And I think so much of it, Chris, is contracts. Just look at the contracts. You know, you turn down the fifth year option for Kenneth Murray. You know, Eric Kendricks is on a two year deal and he's 30. You know, so let's let's get Dan out there. You know, just it's, it, you know, and, and with Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph, these guys on the last years of their deal. You know, let's get Scott Matlock out there. It's you know, JT Woods. He's going into year three. You got to figure out whether or not this guy's going to be on your team. Do you need to draft the safety? Like, let's get him out there. I know that's a little different because of the injury, but that's what we're talking about. Now there's a there's a balance there. You know, you 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 owe it to the veterans, you owe it to Khalil Mack, you owe it to Rashawn Slater, you owe it to these guys that that are that have played through all of their their nicks and bruises, you know, and in this game that is so physically demanding to feel the team that can win, that can support them, and they're not just helping young guys along. But I think those guys can win. You know, I wouldn't put them out there. I'd mess with the old line. I, I think Trey has, has really been challenged this year. I'd try kicking Jamari back out to tackle, see if he can man that position, and put McFadden in there at guard and, and see if that's a better combination. Trey has been incredibly leaky, and he had a rough game against the Broncos. You know, start playing with that. Uh, now, that's not fair to Easton if you think Trey gives you the best chance at right tackle, but I'm saying in practice, start figuring out if that is the right combo. Is is th is that the right way to do this moving forward? So it's a tough balance. All of those things, I think, will be in play. Now they are not mathematically eliminated, so it's probably a week early to to start talking. It's probably a, a loss early, I should say, to start talking about that because they they can still finish with a winning record at nine and eight, and they can still finish with probably some good tiebreaker sort of momentum by you know if if the Bills should have pulled up the darn standings before we started this thing. But if, if let me just get into the playoffs, see where they're at. The Bills so have the, the Chargers, Cowboys this Sunday, so they got to take care of that first. Right. So, you know, they're three and five. The Bills have five losses in conference. The Bengals have six losses in conference. The Broncos have five losses. The Texans four, the Colts four, 
the Steelers for. So you can still win out and win that conference. You know, you can still end up with an eight and five record in conference or a, a seven and five record in conference um, is what you could finish with. So that may end up winning a tiebreaker, and that maybe changes the calculus a little bit of how far you're going to dip into playing young guys and giving them all the reps. Yeah, Easton Stick going to have to go four and zero. Lot would have to happen. Yes, uh, it's to, an incredible long shot. To kind of put a, a pin in this Justin Herbert season, you know, a lot of people say, "Hey, man, this is a wasted season." You know, first year of his big deal, and I, I just think for quarterbacks. You look at just the history of the position, and and some guys will have instant success in the playoffs. Other guys, it takes a long time. You know, it took Peyton Manning a long time. I, I think some of these adverse situations for a quarterback only builds you moving forward. You know, and, and I again, th- there's not much to take positive from it, but if if you can take a positive, Justin Herbert has been through a lot of close games. Money, you mentioned before this season how many close games he won in the fourth quarter. Uh, didn't come out on the right side of a lot of them this year. But you learn a lot. You learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about the league. Um, you know, what you have to do in certain situations. And I have to imagine in, in such a disappointing season for Justin and the team, he can pull something out of this for next year that will make him better uh, because we've seen it. You know, th- there's a reason why he gets top money in the NFL. Um, his talent and, and what he has done to this point on the field. Um, hasn't always translated to wins, but you know the history of the league, man. You look at a lot of really good Hall of Fame quarterbacks where it took a little bit of time, and maybe this year is, you know, we look back, you know, maybe in a couple of years, it's back. You know what? I learned a lot that year, and it, it got me to this point. For her, you know, it's been interesting just because you you look at all the early success that Patrick Mahomes has had Lamar Jackson was MVP his second year in the season uh, the second year of his career you know Trevor Lawrence won the playoff game over Justin Herbert last year in his second year we obviously know about Joe Burrow and making two AFC championship games in a Super Bowl so certainly he's being compared to his peers to you know the players that are of his era of quarterbacks and he's come up short in terms of win production but he's I have no, I have absolutely zero concerns about him. The way he played this year, the the toughness that he exhibits, the challenges that he routinely faces, whether it's losing your left tackle last year, losing your your best downfield threat this year, not having a running game whatsoever to work with all season long. So for for me i you know i just i just look at him as the constant right he is the foundation he's the rock and everything he's the sun and everything orbits around him and and i am not concerned that he's going to burn out anytime soon the planet's going to keep whirling around him for the next 10 years or 7 years at least i think when you when you assess the roster and i think there's a lot of great great players on this roster and they were certainly good enough to win this year i firmly believe that but I think if you're being real about it, you like, what are our anchors? And they've got good anchors. You know, you've got a left tackle that's one of the best in the league in Rashawn Slater. You are set right there. You now have, I firmly believe, a a potentially elite edge rusher in Thule, who's 21 years old, moving forward. I mean, those are the three most important positions in football. Defensive end, 
left tackle, quarterback. That that's that is those are the three spots where you begin to build a team. They're okay. set there. They're set. So you're already ahead of the curve. Um so that's that's sort of what I look at moving forward. And now you've got to figure out how to surround them with young talent, with with veteran talent, and and figure out what that balance is. But um it's important these last four games to to hopefully find Quentin Johnston as a number one receiver. Hadley. Can he get those? Can he get a couple hundred yard games? It won't be easy, but it's it's doable. And and is Isaiah Spiller a legitimate running back move? Can he be your RB one next year? Like those are the things they've got to to figure out. The fact that they have the foundational pieces in place is a big help. All right, take a quick break, and uh, we'll talk about this game on Thursday night. All right, guys, a big thank you to our partner, Microsoft Surface, the official sideline technology provider and laptop of the NFL and the Los Angeles Chargers that provides players and coaches with the tools to succeed both on and off the field. Check out the powerful Surface Pro 9, combining the power of a laptop with the flexibility of a tablet at Surface.com. VIP ticket packages for the first ever Super Bowl in Las Vegas are now on sale. And only on location offers all-inclusive experiences worthy of the entertainment capital of the world. Ticket packages boast an array of offerings, such as premium seating to the game, epic pregame parties with headline talent, NFL legend appearances, premium drinks and fare, and much more. Visit NFLOnLocation.com or search NFL On Location today. Your football experience of a lifetime awaits only with On Location. So money... Prime time in Vegas, uh, Aiden O'Connell versus Easton Stick. Mm. And, Just like we uh, drew it up. Yeah, exactly. Again, again, a week ago, this could have meant something for, for the playoffs. A little bit different now for, for Allen, Kirk Herbstreet, and, and you and DJ calling the game. Um, what do you want to see? Uh, we we, we want to win. We talked about, you know, yeah, who cares about draft pick, beat the Raiders, right? Yeah, beat the Raiders. I want to see Easton featured to do Easton things. I want to see, like I said, I, I was very surprised at the play calling when he was in. And again, it's mid-game, so it's really hard to yeah. adjust dramatically. So I get that. But I want to see him running. I want to see some options. I want to see RPOs. And I want to see a lot of Isaiah Spiller. I want to see Quentin Johnston featured, see if we can continue that relationship between these two. Uh, defensively, I think Khalil Mack said it. Just echo what he said. You know, you got to bring it. You think you bring it in practice, fine. But it's a different deal when it's Sunday, or in this case, Thursday. And these young guys got to know what it takes to win a football game. And so I, I appreciated him saying that and trying to set that tone. And I'd love to see him and Thule and, and Khalil get another six sacks. You know, get to 100. Get, what, how sweet would that be? He's at 99 and a half. I want to see Khalil get to 100 sacks against the team that thought it was a good idea to trade him for a first-round pick instead of yeah. being the face of the Raiders for his entire career. So I'd like to see him get that sack. I want to see Thule perform like he did, uh, you know, in the last – pretty much all season, but especially in the New England game when he was a true force. I want to see that again. Um, I think there's a lot that we can be excited about in this game. And if they win, if you improve the 6-8, and eight, and who? What if? What if the Bills lose this game, and they're seven and seven? Well, now you beat the Bills, and you're seven and eight, and you got a tiebreaker. And you know now you've jumped them in the postseason race. And then who the heck knows what happens? Defense certainly played well enough to win 
you know, to, to win that Bronco game. And maybe Bose is ready to come back by the time we get to New Year's Eve. So there's a lot, that, there's still a lot left out there. I know it sounds crazy. It's Pollyanna, it's pie in the sky. I get it. But maybe it's just, maybe it's just my, um, powder know, blue glasses, buddy. It, it is, but it's my affection and, and, and my appreciation for Easton Stick that I really want to see this go well for him. The Chargers have their quarterback. This is not about the Chargers moving forward. This is about one of those – there's so many of these. It's what Look, there's a reason why the NFL is the most popular form of entertainment in America because it's a soap opera. It's, it's a book. These are individual stories inside of team stories. And I think if we can – if we can, if Easton can write this story and it can turn out the way I think it can, that I believe it can, I think it'll be really special because I think these players will rally behind him. I really do. I, I believe he has that much respect in that locker room. And we've seen it, you know, we've seen it with Carson Wentz out of North Dakota and he followed Carson and got those four titles. And we saw it with Trey Lance and why he was drafted number three overall. I know his career has not gone how he would like, but you see it with the head coaches from that program who have moved on to Kansas State and Wyoming and now you, USC you exactly to USC for linebackers and assistant head coach like that's a program that knows how to win football games and so maybe it's just me being hopeful for for his story for his future for his career that this thing could that that they could find something that there's something here that guys could start getting healthy and that they can start tinkering with some things that they were maybe afraid to earlier in the season because it doesn't, you know, what if you tinker and it goes wrong and you're still alive for the playoffs? Well, now just add, throw, get rid of all of that. Everything's now wide open. So I, I think that's – I believe Dan Henley can be a special player in this league. I want to see him out there on defense. I believe Isaiah Spiller can run the ball. I want to see him out there with 20 carries. You know, I believe Quentin can, can get over this can get over his confidence issues and his concentration issues and and do what we've seen him do, and that's get open and beat guys and catch the ball and build confidence going into next year with instead of 270 yards, he finishes the season with 600 yards and four touchdowns or, or 650 yards and five touchdowns. That's what I want to see, and I, I believe that there's still an opportunity for them to do that. Buddy, I would argue that this is also just as important for the Chargers if Easton does well, because we may have talked about this in the offseason. I, I just think that the backup quarterback in the NFL is something you absolutely have to get right. And if you got to throw money at it, throw as much money as you can at it, because we've seen the injuries, especially in the AFC this year. Kenny Pickett down, Aaron Rodgers down, yeah. um, Joe Burrow down, Jake Browning has come in and done a heck of a job. Um, Trevor Lawrence went down, came back, but you know he, he's not 100. The, the Browns have had four different starting quarterbacks this year. Um, Anthony Richardson down, Gardner Minshew, and what Shane Steichen is doing there is remarkable. Um, Aiden O'Connell in for Jimmy Garoppolo. It's yeah, just Drew Locke uh, for Geno Smith, Tyson Bajan for Justin Fields. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Kirk yeah. Cousins, Dobbs. You know, it, yeah. it's Derek he, Carr. It's it's crazy. And if you don't have a backup quarterback, it's very difficult. Sure. to sustain success in the league. And, and well, if, look, if, I'll just say this real quick, Chris. Understand, like, best case for me is Easton comes back as the backup because he has been essential to Justin Herbert 
but he gets paid. Yeah. I want to see him get some money, put some money yeah. in that pocket. You earned yeah. it. And, yeah. and that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm speaking to. No, I, no, absolutely. I'm hundred yeah. percent with you. I, I, I think this is a great opportunity to show like no doubt let Pike lock that Easton stick can be a legit backup quarterback to Justin right. Herbert and you don't miss a beat. And, Let's say that the the tables were turned right down, money, and they were eight and five instead of five and eight. That Easton can win you a game on Thursday. I get you to nine and five and, and hold the fort down for when Justin comes back. I think that's more of a uh, more palatable scenario for me. Is that okay? We we have a we have a backup quarterback that we know can can win us games if our guy comes down. Oh, goes down and he can come back, you know. So right. that that four to six week stretch, if you don't have your guy, can your backup perform and get you to five hundred? Let's say right. Yeah, and that's that's look, it's it's in front of him. It's going to be up to Kellen Moore to to likely change things up to play to his strengths. Again, I go back to the the Bronco game and a couple plays that I just found interesting and and was a bit curious as to why when he comes off the bench and he's throwing three straight passes and almost had that strip sack. You know, it's like, man, just let's run the ball. You know, they got on the layup, which was nice. Got that quick three-yard completion. But then after that, I was very surprised that they opted to, to run what they ran. But it's a Justin Herbert game plan. I get it. It's hard to change that in the middle of the game. Going into this Thursday game, I think we're going to see a much different-looking offense. I really do. And and hopefully it's an opportunity for Easton to to get after it. I, I, I would like to see play calling, you know, just – or I should say decision-making, you know – I said it, the defense has played really well. You know, field goals are okay. You know, you're not playing the Miami Dolphins. You're not playing the Detroit Lions. You're not playing, you know, and and you can't even say the Chiefs this year. They've been so bad on offense this season. But, like, I understand when you need touchdowns, not field goals. Against the Broncos, that was not the case. You could kick that field goal and make it 3 You need to take the points. You take the points and kick the field goal on third down, and Justin Herbert doesn't run a fourth down play where he injures his finger. You know, it's like, and that makes the game 7-3. You're, the, the, the only seven points they got came from the three-yard line. <laughs> An interception that gave him a first and goal from the three. Those were their only points. Yeah. Like, that was, it was very curious to me that that was the, uh, that that was the approach. And again, I, I say it while acknowledging I was wrong. It's, it's right to go for it on fourth down based on what the outcome was. Gerald Everett's got to catch the ball, and now you're up 7 nothing. But, you know, I think I'm comfortable taking the threes. You won a game 6 nothing the week before. No, I don't think you were wrong. I think you were right. I think, I, you know, because Cameron Dicker is one of the best kickers in the NFL. Right. So you know you have that in your back pocket. You know the points are automatic. Uh, you know, and that's frankly why the Broncos have been so good as of late is because they take the points. It's not pretty. Yeah, and they they're play. playing great defense and take the points. You're right, and, and they control the clock. Like they, they, the I thought just the, the the biggest illustration in the game to be on on kind of how the Broncos are playing right now, why they're winning, was that last drive where they were just converting third downs, running the clock, wow. keeping the Chargers' offense off the field, and icing the game. You know, they they yeah. controlled the clock for what thirty they had thirty three minutes wow. of time of possession. I have never seen a display of missed tackling so egregious. It's not and, good. And and Derwin acknowledged it. He said, "Look, it starts with me." I mean, it was a brutal blown tackle. He's got Troutman dead to rights for no gain on a third and eight, whiffs the tackle, and it becomes a nine yard gain. And then it was just open the floodgates from there. Kenneth Murray. Asante Samuel kept leaving his feet to try to tackle Javante Williams. And it's like, you've got to know your opponent. 
Guy weighs 230 pounds. You know, just wrap him up and hold him and wait for backup. That's the way you've got to tackle. You know, when you're a safety and you're taking on a tight end who weighs 265 pounds, don't dive at his feet. Just grab him, hold him, and wait. And, and wait for reinforcements. It's like, be steady, not spectacular. Be steady. You know, steady Eddie. And, and they were not on that drive, and it cost them eight minutes and ended the game. That's the thing, man. It's the you, you got to play sixty minutes of football. Like you said, the defense has played really good in large stretches, but it's those little stretches where you lose the game. Yeah. Well, you, gotta, you take the two field goals, and it's a 17-13 game at that point. Yeah. It's like that's 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 where I think it's so maddening, and that's just still what Khalil Mack talked about. That's just too much woulda, coulda, shoulda. But I think it's important to acknowledge it moving forward. See if we can see if we can stack some wins to close the season and feel really good about these young players and maybe again catch a break in the tiebreakers. They're all gonna play. I mean, if I go through the the schedule, you start, you know, if I just look at the 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 Colts at seven and six, right? They've got the Steelers who are eight and five. So now whoever loses that game obviously has an additional loss. They close with the Texans. They get the Falcons, who are trying to win the the NFC South in there as well, and the Raiders. So that's that's the Colts, the Steelers. We mentioned they got to play the Colts this week. After that, they get the Bengals, the Seahawks, and the Ravens. Okay, so can they go? If they go two and two there, now you have an opportunity to jump them in the conference record. Like it's still there. I get it. It's a huge, incredible long shot. But what I'm getting at is, at least you're not playing out the string yet. You can go into this Raider game and say, look at the Texans. They've got the Colts, the Titans twice, who just went into Miami and knocked off the Dolphins, and the Browns. Those are three divisional games and a Cleveland team that's at 8-5 and five right now and in the wild card. The, the Browns have the Bears this week, who just destroyed the Lions and have won three of four, the Texans, the Jets, and the Bengals. Like, you can sell it. All you got to do is win this week. The Bills lose to the Cowboys, and that is a playoff game. You beat the Bills, you jump them in the standings, and you now own that tiebreaker. Like, I get the odds and that they will not be favored in any of these games, but what I'm saying is if you're the coach and you're the players, this is the conversation you can have. Look, beat the Raiders, and you're in position to jump three or four spots in this playoff race by knocking off the Bills next Saturday. That's how tight this thing is. So it is still there for us to go get. Let's go get it. I think that goes a long way as opposed to we're asking you to put your body out there and sacrifice your physical well-being uh, to finish the season 6-13 and 13 or 6-11. and whatever 11. Yeah. It, last thing for me, I'll just say this. Independent of the playoffs, it's the Raiders, man. Like, you yeah. see the alumni that were there on Sunday? They hated the Raiders. Phillip yeah. Rivers, Gates, Hardwick. LT, all those guys, man, you got up for Raider Week. Marty Schottenheimer got you ready for Raider Week. And that should mean something, too. I, I realize the rivalries change, and they're in Vegas now, and Chargers in Los Angeles. It's still the Raiders. And you should want to beat the Raiders, especially coming off a loss to the Broncos. You get a yeah. short week, turn around, take care of business in Vegas, come back for your extended buy. Right? Yeah. Simple as that. Simple as that. Yeah, you get the extended buy for the Bills game, too. Yeah. Even more time. Now now you've really got time for Kellen Moore to draw this thing up and play to play to Easton's strengths and, and see if you can get out there and get another victory. 
Beat the well, Raiders. Money, safe travels, anything Beat else? Beat the Raiders. <laughs> Beat the Raiders, right? That's it. Beat right. the Raiders. For Money, I'm Chris. We appreciate you guys listening and watching. Apologies for my audio and uh, video issues today. Hopefully it's uh, not too noticeable, but... We're going to get you a uh, technology for dummies book for Christmas, Chris. Yeah, you know, <laughs> We're going to get this thing right. <laughs> it's just, it's it's the, it's the uh, last quarter of the season for myself. Things are not going well here at that. There you go. The exactly. House, so. It's all falling apart, man. What are you going to do? <laughs> all right. For money, I'm Chris. I charge week.